Hello and welcome back to another episode of my podcast show on becoming a startup entrepreneur. My name is Dan Pumado and this is my podcast, the podcast that brings out the best in you. If it's the first time you listening to my podcast show, thank you so much for finding time to listen to me and thank you for going to with me. Thank you once again for joining me. In the last episode, we explored an exciting path of becoming a startup entrepreneur. And right into this episode, we're going to move on another important aspect of startup entrepreneurship. We're going to talk about funding, different types of funding, and how entrepreneurs can attract investors, investment processes, and everything about financing. Financing is an important aspect of startup, as much as every other thing that matters. Different companies have different kinds of needs in terms of financing. So let's look at the different types of funding. I will have a pre-seed funding. When you are exploring your concept and validating your idea, you are in the pre-seed phase in terms of funding. And the source you might consider at this point are your friends, your families, grants, loans, crowdfunding, bootstrapping, angel investor, and some early stage venture capitalists. So, like I told you, financing is a very important aspect of that, and we'll have to look into these different ways by which you could generate your pre-seed funding. One of them is the friends and family. These are very important people, and these are people who are either close to you or believe in your idea as much as they are ready to risk their own money. So the next is grants. Startups still exploring the concept and validating the idea can also be applicable for grants. A grant is the money that does not require the transfer of share. Grants are awarded for a specific part of the project and the company must already have raised some capital. For example, let's say you're building a prototype and it will cost you about 100000 70% of the subsidy can come from the grants and 30,000 naira must already be in your account. That the next or the third one is a loan. A loan can be obtained from an investor, family or friends, or a bank. Loan from investors and support organizations generally don't require personal guarantee. In practice, a bank loan always requires some form of security. You should be extremely careful before sourcing a loan because the decision can cause a lot of grief with the company's goals or aspects. Okay, the number four is crowdfunding. This is a form of financing where the startup is funded by a large number of individual people who finance the company with a small amount of money. Crowdfunding are based on either free of charge financing, which is a pre-order for products, or crowdfunding where individual investors get a small stake in the company for a small amount of money. The most successful international crowdfunding campaign has raised up to millions of dollars, so this is a very good tool as a startup entrepreneur. Then the fifth one is bootstrapping. Building a business mainly through cash flow is called bootstrapping. This is when a startup aims to sell or product or services with minimal capital and only grow the business with income they get from selling their products and services. It is rare to generate cash flow in the early stage of a company, so it's quite rare for a company aiming for high growth to be bootstrapped. Then the C's are the business angels. These are often well individuals who want to invest their time and money into early companies and as angel investors are individual, their practice varies a lot and so does the investment approach. So if you are considering angel funding, you should get to know the person and their way of working. And the fourth is the early venture capitals. 
there's some point that focus exclusively on the very early stage of a company and might even invest in just the team. So there are also some fun whose strategy is to pull the team together, incubate them and invest a small amount of capital in order to get them. Now depending on the source of financing, the amount of equity you need to give away can vary from 0% to 20%. The loan and grants don't take equity, but angel investors and venture capital investors require equity and return for their capital. So after the PC funding, then the next is the seed funding and early stage funding. So let's look at it that. In general, the most typical financial instrument for startup is an investment. In the seed and early stage funding, the focus shifts more towards the VC as there are a lot of them in this space. Selection of a seed and early stage fund has a lot of different approach in terms of investment strategy and ways of working with founders. Seed funding can range from hundreds of thousands to about 10 million naira. At this point, the investor invests primarily in the team, product concept, and business potential. Therefore, it's a very charismatic entrepreneur backed by a team of faster and groundbreaking idea can mobilize very significant seed funding before any concept of business potential is verified in the market. So let's look at different series of investments. Now the first is series A and B. When you are typically raising money for growth and expansion, it means that we're in the series A of the round. This means you have a product with proven potential and the market that is ready to expand. These are the stages where number start to be a big group in evaluation of the company, done by potential investors. You always need to talk to as many funds as possible when selecting potential partners to try to look for the funds that have expertise in the area allocated in the targeted market that you would like to expand. Let's look at Series C. Series C and beyond are completely different game from the previous row. The purpose of each round is to exponentially increase the company's turnover or user base. Now the next is merging and acquisition. The best company always bought not so. When growing your company, you should keep relations with your competitors and strategic players in your field. This way, if the time comes to sell the company, potential buyers already knows you, which makes the process much faster and easier. A typical example is Access Bank of Nigeria and the Diamond Bank. What happens between the both of them to produce the asset diamond? It's just magic. Then the next is the initial public offering, the IPO. The most well-known but not most common asset is true an IPO, which means listing the company's stock to be publicly traded. So we've actually seen the different rounds and phases of funding and we want to look into why venture capitalists invest in scalable companies. Every VC you ever talk to will ask you about scaling. How big is your first level market? How are you going to acquire your customers? Will you be able to grow in revenue without increasing your overheads? In order to explain why venture capital investors stay new to companies with a really proven track record, you need to understand how the venture capital business model works and how it impacts the venture capital's decision making. Now, the VC invests across a set period, let's say eight years, in comparison to other set classes such as the stock market or real estate. VC investments are extremely non-liquid, and a normal investor can sell their stock or property at any time. But once capital is invested in a startup or growth company, the investor are not paid any dividend until the time of an IPO, trade sale or buyout. As an asset class, venture capital are also significantly riskier. 
These special characteristics met the return expectation of the PC from significantly higher than other alternative and more traditional asset classes. Now, the, the VC invests across sets investment period and begin to generate return usually a few years after the first investment that they made. So let's take 100 millionaire fund for an example. And let's assume the, the fund target to invest in a total of 30 companies during the 10 year fund life cycle with an average stake of 15% in each company with an average valuation of 20 millionaire. Alright, at the time of liquidation, the stake has diluted to, let's say, 10%. Let's also assume that the fund only makes Serie A investment and the invested capital is evenly distributed across at a company. It is very likely, if not inevitable, that regardless of the thoroughness of due diligence, the VC's own contribution during the holding period, some companies will go under or perform only moderate. This means that out of the 30 companies, they have to need to perform so well that they can carry the risk of the less performing ones. In other words, returns are spread unevenly across the portfolio. This is what the VC invests. In order to succeed at scaling, a company must be successful at each and every possible criterion including product and market fees, team, revenue model, unit economy, and operational efficiency. If you look at any of these leads stagnation and you wouldn't want this because your company needs to be a scalable company for the VC to invest in it. So let's talk about investment processes. One of the investment processes is valuation. When discussing valuation, it can be confusing because valuation can be calculated in two different ways. The valuation can either be based on what the company is valued at before the investment, which is the pre-money, or after the investment is month. The fact is that when investors talk about valuation, they usually talk about the pre-money valuation. Pre-money valuation is what the company is valued right now. Post-money valuation is the pre-money valuation plus the amount of capital raised in the fund one. So, if a company has a pre-money valuation of, let's say, 4 million naira and raise 1 million naira in capital in the investment fund, the firm post-money valuation is 5 million. The next in the investment processes is a time sheet. When working with venture capital investors, the first key document in the investment plan is called the time sheet. We define the main term of the investment plan, including the size of the investment, the different service of shares, and their privileges and other details. So the next one is due diligence. We've actually mentioned that before. Investors rarely withdraw from their investments when the terms have been agreed. So usually, at this point, the process moves into a due diligence phase of the investment plan, where the investors go to the details of the company to make sure everything is as it should be. So the next one we'll talk about is the shareholder agreement. The shareholder agreement is the most important document for a startup. It defines the founders' stakeholders, investors, and minority shareholders. A shareholder agreement contains information on who owns all the company's share and what it requires of them. A startup entrepreneur should know the main point of what is defined in the shareholder agreement. It's always a good idea to get a good lawyer who understands the startup world to check the fine print and help to avoid any unpleasant surprises. This area is so complex and detailed that even if you read the literature through and full, you will still miss out some important information. So have in mind that the shareholder agreement may include but not limited to classes of share, shareholder guarantee, shareholder commitment for future funding rounds, shareholder commitments, shareholder rights and future funding rounds, administrative practices and informational rights, transfer rights, vetting condition, investor protection, clauses and ban on recruitment. So the next we're going to look on investment processes is vesting. 
Thank you for clicking on shareholder agreement. It's the gradual end of shares, known as vesting. This means that the shareholding is typically staggered. The purpose of vesting is to commit the founders to the company. And if you leave the company before the end of the vesting period, you will lose the stake of the company that has not yet been transferred. For example, if after investment round you own that percent of the firm you set up, but decide to leave the firm after two years of employment, you will only have 15% stake in the firm. I understand that this particular episode is somewhat complex and I try as much as possible to be as calm as I found to able to explain everything you need to know about financing. Financing is a very important aspect so as it's also a very complex aspect. So if you actually listen anything out, you just make sure you visit the previous episode for you to be able to understand everything we've already said in this episode. At this point, we'll come to the end of this episode and I'm so happy for you for having stayed with me this far into this show and becoming a startup entrepreneur. We are gradually coming to the end of this entire show and I hope that you have extracted a lot of value. You are solving problems in your community and affecting change that you want to see. In this episode, we've looked at funding, different types of funding, financings, investments and investment processes. In the next episode, we'll talk about growth and impacts, people and how startups end. It has really been a great time with you. My name is Temple Madonna and I wish and hope to see you in the next episode. Thank you.